Recorded live. Good evening, everyone. You are in the spotlight with Brian Gardner for this Thursday, October the 15th, 2015. Good to have you all here for our second of three shows this week. And what will likely be our last primetime episode here on TalkShoe because we will be moving next week uh, to our new setup. Uh, Google Hangouts, YouTube, Podbean, the whole deal, uh, bearing any unforeseen technical issues. So far, I did a dry run on the new setup yesterday, and it seemed okay. I'm going to do one more tomorrow. I'm not sure if we're going to do our football show tomorrow on the new setup. It depends if there were a couple little glitches, glitches, but I'm, you know, if I can, I'm going to do another little trial run tomorrow morning, and if it all works out, then. We'll we'll do foot, uh, the uh, our football show on the new setup. Uh, if not, then we'll just do it on talk show and then start everything um, up with the new setup next week. So stay tuned on that. You want to stay tuned to Facebook and Twitter. You can't stay tuned to talk show unless you want to check and see if we end up doing a show over here tomorrow. But you want to check out Facebook and Twitter for the latest information. You'll notice that we've changed our Facebook name, so that's official now. Um. So everything's kind of under the same branding now, email, Twitter, Facebook. Um, and, you know, as I said, this is a gradual thing, and, you know, we'll see what happens. But so far, so good. I did the trial run yesterday, and I think it worked out well. I think it will work out well. So many of you have expressed positives in regards to this, so that's a good sign. So, you know, hopefully it'll work out. Again, I'll do another little trial run tomorrow morning and if that works out we'll do our football Friday show which will not which will start tomorrow being called the football blitz. We'll do that tomorrow. Um but if it doesn't we'll just do it here on Talk Show and then make that the last official show here on Talk Show for us. So we'll see what happens. It should be interesting. Um all right, we got a special show on tap for tonight, but before I get to that, let me remind you all of how you can interact, contribute, get your voice heard here on the show. You can do so by emailing us at itspotlight411 at gmail.com. Again, it's itspotlight411 at gmail.com. You can also follow us and tweet us at itspotlight411. Again, at itspotlight411. And you got two hashtags to use. IT Spotlight 411. So search for IT Spotlight 411 on Facebook. And then once you find our page, like our page, and go ahead and post whatever it is you'd like to post. Um, so here's the deal tonight. Uh, the, we're going to be doing our ultimate in the Spotlight Awards, which won't take up that much time because, again, nobody had the vote or anything. We just had to tabulate past results from past award shows, which we have done. That's why I relate tonight because I was waiting for the report. Um, and I didn't get it till about 5 after 8, so there you go. Um, so we got that, so we'll be giving you those winners. Uh, we'll give you the nominees and those winners, which, is again, is a reflection of all of our award shows over the five years, film and TV. So you're going to get the chance to see just how popular some things were. And, and really, you'll get the chance to see um, – get this, get the chance to see how – like I mentioned this on Tuesday – you know, stand, you really can tell if something stands the test of time by how popular it remains after a few years. Now, there's something, I mean, we've been doing this since 2010. 
And you know something? You know, there. I, I'm sure in, somewhere in these awards tonight you're going to see some things that were in our first award shows in 2010, 2011. And if they're just as popular now, if they're showing up now, then that shows you that they're standing the test of time, that they're incredibly popular and they're not going to go away. They're classics. And that's something that you're going to see reflected tonight is the true classics of this era. Because if, if they're still, because of the popularity they were in our voting over the years, they're going to, that, that's what's going to determine whether they're still around here or not in these, in these awards tonight. I'll explain more about this in a few minutes, but that's, you know, again, the basis of this whole thing tonight is, Look, the votes that people have cast in the past, whether it's for our TV awards or film awards, and we put everything up against each other, and both film and TV, and combine, and you'll see the results here tonight. Also, we'll be saying goodbye to our own Jeff Tech tonight, as this is his last show. He will not be joining me for football tomorrow. This is his last show here with us. Um, so we'll be saying goodbye to him tonight, and we'll do a little entertainment stuff, maybe one or two things, and that's going to be our show tonight. So... Um, before I let my co-host on, Justin has told me that we missed an address in the chat room. So I'm guessing that was the email address. If So let me repeat that. The email address, again, for the show, itspotlight411 at gmail.com. Okay, so I don't know if that was all I, that was missed, but if, that was, if it was just the email, there it was. All right, so without further ado, let me bring my co-host on first here. Mike, you are in the spotlight. Okay, so I'm on, correct? Yes, sir. You okay. are on. I'm sorry, you you were you were too loud. I had to lower your volume so you don't blow out my eardrum. I was, I, I was I was no no in all seriousness, I was really too loud. That that well, I mean, it's both you and my phone. Oh, okay. All right, sorry. I I as, just as, telling I me that there's low- an audio issue, so I don't even know. Yes, there are audio issues because I don't know what happened, but you kind of, I think you were talking about something and all of a sudden you stopped talking. And then you came back on, then you were talking again, so. Okay, all right, well, he meant, he, he meant something about address. I assume he meant the email address, so I just repeated it, but, all right. All right, well, we'll figure this out, whatever it is. Um. Let me let me bring. This is the one night we're going to kind of go out of order. Usually, I I throw to our our technical guru over here, but since it is a special night, let me bring somebody else on first because we got to save him for last. Just here. All right, Justin, you're in the spotlight. You're in the spotlight, Justin. My phone was either crap. What? I was I was I was talking and my phone was on mute. Oh. Yes. I, I, I have that problem too. Yeah, I was saying that last week you had me come on before Mike. Now I came on before Jeff Tech. Well, get used to it because he won't be with us anymore. So. <laughs> um, I used to it. But yeah, uh, what happened was when you're doing like the intro, or whatever audio uh-huh. cut out for like the audio cut out for ten seconds. So yeah, you missed like I couldn't hear the email address at all that you you were talking about, whatever. Okay, so. all right, okay, okay. Well, that's good that you let me know. 
So it was it was just the email, or was it everything else too? I think I think it was just the email. Okay. Because it is like a ten second spot, so. Yeah, because okay, all right, that makes all right. Well, I did repeat the email, so if I if anybody else notices anything that was missed, let me know, because that that's that's a concern. We don't want to be missing too much. Dead air is the worst thing we can have at this point, so let's not do that. Um, all right. Now, he's tech, he is the third member of our team, but he's being introduced fourth, and that's because this is his last night. And, you know, I, I made an effort. I did this on Tuesday, too, because, we, you mean, you know, we used, way when we started this, every show for, I think, like, maybe the first couple of years we did this, we'd chat before the show and kind of go over everything. And this was back when I had no idea what the frick I was doing, Okay. We'd go over everything and, and, you know, outlines and stuff like that. And then over the last year or two, we kind of stopped doing that because he didn't have the time, nor did I. So, you know, we and we and that's when I took kind of control of the outlines and, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, you know, the last couple of shows, I made an effort to kind of chat with him before the show. And did that on Tuesday. I did that a little bit tonight. Obviously, we were doing the ultimate awards and mike i want you to check your email box because you have something and justin you'll probably have something soon enough too so you know assuming i can remember your email but that's you know um all right so anyway we were chatting before the show tonight and in addition to talking about the awards that we're going to do, and again, this is not even an award show. It's going to be like maybe a ten-minute segment, so don't don't go crazy. Um, we were chatting about like you know, hey, this is kind of weird because we're never going to really do this again unless he makes an you know, and look, we're going to be on Google uh, Hangouts, we're going to be on YouTube and that. So if 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 he appears, he's going to have to actually either physically call in or physically be on camera. So <laughs> I don't know if I'm too hopeful that he's going to actually do that, but it'd be pretty cool if he did. Nonetheless, um, nonetheless, I, you know, I said, you know, I, I kind of went into this like, you know, okay, it's going to be kind of surreal. We're not going to have you on here and all this other stuff. And um, I said, you know, it's going to be funny is because th- there are shows that I do without Mike or without Justin like the football shows, for instance. And, you know, if if you guys weren't there, he was there. So now that's going to be just me. So if something goes wrong, I'm pretty much screwed. <laughs> so anyway, um, you know, we're going to we'll, – we'll be doing a little bit with this tonight. But – and he and he begged me not to make a big deal out of it, like to not do this long, drawn-out, like, goodbye thing or anything like that. He begged me. And I told him to go F himself. I don't care. We're going to do something. So, And I also, and Mike will cheer me for this, I also am saying, and I, God help me, but you know what? This is probably our last show, at least in prime time here on Talk Show. I am giving Mike carte blanche. Go for it, Mike. Open the floodgates on Jeff Tech tonight. Jeff Tech, of course, <laughs> is our technical guru. <laughs> He is our basketball watching, Odyssey having, white wall painting, ding dong bitten, doctor face palming, orgy having. 
No, I get the exit. List them all off. I'm okay, trying my best. Enough, enough about Lamar Odom. Let's go back to Jeff Tech. Well, 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 hold on, hold on. We're we're, we're not done. We're we're just at part one. Um, all right. Cop uh, cop peeing. Uh, probation having. Stupid son of a bitch. Email losing. Technical guru in the history of this fine, zany, crazy show. Jeff Tech, you're an asshole. We are going to miss you. But I, but you're going to deserve every bit of this. Uh, every bit. Wow, you've been holding that in for a while, haven't you? No, I was trying to, I was trying to um, see how it played off. And I tried to remember every little bit, and I couldn't. But I tried to get as much as I could remember, because you have to keep in mind, uh, I am exhausted, and you want me to do another award show thing. Well, and and I was I was planning on doing this big Jeff Tech thing, and and you're like, no, we had to do an award show. No, Mike, why don't you want to go to Orange Madness? Wait a second. Hold up a second. We're not doing an award show. It's it's like four or five categories per. It's going to be like ten minutes, Mike. Relax. Relax. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm getting. Oh, Mike, why aren't you going to Orange Magic? Oh, blah, 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 blah. oh for like, crying out loud! You know what? You think it's a you bigger deal than it like, actually is. Damn it, Brian! My boss is here. I can't deal with your crap right now. Huh? Legitimately, legitimately, this afternoon when you were trying to guilt me into saying yes, Brian, I'll go with you to Orange Madness. Uh, my boss was there, and I was trying my best to ignore your text, mostly because my boss was there. So. Okay, so this okay, we're not really having this personal conversation on air, but whatever. Um, all right, so <laughs> I don't even know what I was going to say now. Thanks a lot for throwing me off. And by the way, Justin, that was an awful, awful joke. Too soon. Too soon? Never too soon. Way just, awful. And if that doesn't just, make sense, Justin I would is the master of the too horrible. soon joke. And Don't, our thoughts and prayers do go out to Amar Odom and his family and friends during this time because it is that is a horrible situation. Um, wait, did Lamar Odom die? No, but he's on life support. Yeah, I knew he was on life support. He's been on life support about for about twenty four hours. I didn't know if he passed away or not. No, but it's it's pretty bad. So um all right. So let me see. Okay. So here's how this is going to work. We're going to start off with these ultimate awards because this is something that a lot of you have wanted over the years. And I wanted to do them tonight because I don't want to – it's going to be kind of hard to manage these on the on the new setup next week. So I figured just get this – let's just do this. And it doesn't take a lot of time because the voting's already done. Again, we took the votes from all – the results in voting from all the previous award shows, film and TV. All right, and at first we separated, so we took the best, the, the highest vote getters from the big categories: supporting actor, supporting actress, you know, actor, actress, and film, in both film and in TV. Okay, we're not doing genres, we're not doing any of that. Overall, stick them in there, and you know, what do we get? We use that to accumulate the nominees and to pick the winners. All right, and then at the end, you're going to get now you're going to you're going to get the ultimate actor, ultimate actress, ultimate supporting actor, ultimate supporting actress, and 
the ultimate ITS award winner in terms of film and TV. Okay, so here's what's going to happen. When we go through film and we go through TV, there's five categories each, okay? As I mentioned, actor, actress, supporting actor, supporting actress, film. And then same actor categories for TV and then TV program. All right? Now, when we get to the, fine, the, 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 the ultimate, the combination category, like the ultimate actor, the ultimate actress, you're not going to hear nominees listed. Because the nominees are going to be the same as what you already heard in film and TV. Basically, what we're going to do is we're going to pick the top vote-getter from the supporting actor categories total and the top actress from the supporting actress categories, both in film and TV. So the top vote-getter in each supporting category, the top vote-getter in each lead category, and the top vote-getter between all the films and all the TV programs, and that's going to decide the winners. That's why this is going to be quick, and this is the best way to do it because that way we're not look if they're top vote if they're vote top if they're if they have enough votes to be nominated, okay, for the film categories and the TV categories, then it makes the most sense to combine them all and see who wins out in each respective category, okay. Now here's the thing you got to remember. All right, just because a show, a film an actor and actress won an award in the past five years. Okay, does not necessarily mean they qualified as a nominee. Okay? Especially in regards to film. Some actors or actresses, obviously they were in multiple films over the years. Okay? So that made this process a little difficult because like think of somebody like Jennifer Anderson. In some movies she was a lead character, in some movies she was a supporting character. So where do you put her? So basically what we did what we did was this. If she qualified, okay? If she qualified, we judged based on it's a judgment call. What did she do more of over the last five years, lead or supporting? And that's where we placed her. Because that's how you got to view it. It's just like what the Emmys net do. You, you, you know, you view it based on, if you're an actor submitting, you view it based on what you thought you were a leader supporting. So we had to make a judgment call. Because some actors are leading some movies and some actors are supporting. So you, you, you just got to make a judgment call. There's no other way around it. So that's the best way we could do with that. And remember, some actors or actresses have been in more movies over the last five years than some of the others that either were not, are going to be nominated tonight or weren't nominated tonight. So that gives them a little bit of a leg up. And I know some people are going to hear these nominees and then the winners, and they're going to think, well, how is that possible? Because, you know, so-and-so won for this movie or so-and-so won or this movie won. How is it possible that movie didn't that movie won when it didn't win in the year that it was up for an award on your show? You've got to remember something. It's the voting averages. It's the way that it all averages out. It might be like somebody like Jennifer Lawrence, who's been in movies every year, gets a little bit more of a leg up, gets more of a push. Remember how we do our voting process? It's, it's number-valued rankings. You know, if over the years she had more rankings in, in second or third place, whereas, you know, somebody that won that year, for, you know, that won an award and beat her in a respective year, but they don't, they never average they never were on the list again, or maybe they average more fourth and fifth places. That means that Jennifer Lawrence is going to beat that person by default.
because she ranked higher on more um, in more awards and et cetera. So it's it's just a, it's just the way the numbers came out, the way the results were tabulated, the way everything was combined. That's what you got to remember. Okay, okay. So we got TV, we got film, and then we'll do the ultimate. Now Mike's going to do TV. I'm going to do film. Justin's going to get the distinct pleasure of announcing the ultimate winners. He also gets the easy job because all he has to do is announce the overall winner. He doesn't have to read any nominees off. Please don't, please don't say uh, easy and pleasure in my in my presence. I, I, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Nonetheless, so that's the way it's going to work. All right? And, again, this is kind of like, you know, again, it's a combination of vote, voting results over the years. So you got to keep that in mind. Okay, I'm out of breath. Wow. That was a lot to explain. So, here we go. Mike gets, Mike, you got TV. So you can go for it. Our ultimate in the spotlight awards. Go. Wow, that is that is such a way to choose <laughs> these most excellent awards. Such such great honor, Mike. You have these TV awards. Go. Yes, you do have a natural flair for making Thank everything you. sound crappy. It 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 is abhorrent on so many levels. I am distraught. How pathetic that is. So let let us let me let a real let a real person do it, please. And not not a Muppet. Yes, Brian, I just called you a Muppet. <laughs> and this is your ultimate in the spotlight awards. Highlighting some of the best moments of In the Spotlight Award shows live on Talkshoe, also which you can download on Libsyn and iTunes. And these are your TV awards. And your nominees for Ultimate TV Supporting Actress are Christine Baranski, The Good Wife, Julie Bowen, Modern Family, Taraji P. Henson, Person of Interest and Not Empire, Jane Lynch, Glee, Betty White, Hot in Cleveland, and your in the spotlight ultimate television supporting actress is Betty White, Hot in Cleveland. Should I keep going, or would we like you can to just, stop? You can, just, you can you can do supporting actor too. That's okay. Go ahead. All right, then I will do supporting actor as well. Your In the Spotlight Awesome in Television Supporting Actor nominees are Corey Monteith, Glee, Ed O'Neill, Modern Family, Neil Patrick Harris, How I Met Your Mother, Michael Emerson, Person of Interest, Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, Game of Thrones. And Chris Koffer, Lee. 
And your ultimate in the spotlight TV supporting actor is Neil Patrick Harris from How I Met Your Mother. Ha-ha. That's a whole... Um, I mean, both... both first of all, is it really a shock that Betty White would win that, given that, you know, it's Betty White? It was more of a shock that something from The Good Wife was even nominated, considering how many people actually watch that show. Uh, in that point. literally nobody watches that show. Um, of course, Neil Patrick Harris. I mean, both both of them are just wildly popular. So that's it's, you know, I'm no, I, I there's not much analysis you can do here. It's just pop. It's it's purely popularity. You know, but then again, that's what this whole thing's about. So, you can go ahead, Mike. Fine, then I shall move on. Your in the spotlight Ultimate TV actress. Your nominees are that amazing breakthrough supporting actress Claire Danes from Homeland, Tina Fey, Thirty Rock, Melissa McCarthy, Mike, and Molly. Leah Michelle, Glee, and Amy Poehler, Parks and Recreation. And the ultimate in the spotlight television actresses, Tina Fey from 30 Rock. What a very interesting selection. Very interesting selection indeed. I would have thought that Claire Danes would have won it because... Viewers of this show, of a certain ethnicity, love Homeland. It is a scientific fact. <laughs> However, I probably would have chosen Amy Poehler because, you know, Parks and Recreation was a very funny show. However, considering you are not doing analysis like a tool... I, I was waiting for you to do lead actor so we can do them together like the previous one. How dare you, sir? I know, criminal. It is criminal. Of your in the spotlight, ultimate TV actor. The nominees are James Roday from Psych, Jim Parsons, The Big Bang Theory, Clark Gregg, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Brian Cranston, Breaking Bad, and Jim Caviezel, spelled wrong. Person of interest. The spelled wrong part was for you because the email, his name is spelled wrong. And you're in the spotlight. Ultimate TV actor is Jim Caviezel from Person of Interest. That's a real surprising. I know you're happy for that. That's a real surprising. I think like Person you- of Interest should win everything. Well, if first of interest wasn't going to win anything, I would think that Psych should win everything. Cause you know what I'm thinking? Cause, well, here's why it's surprising. Because you, you remember, like all the years we were doing these awards, the last it's only the last couple of years that person of interest started getting like an, uh, nominated like a lot. And then you look at like Clark Gregg obviously does more than the TV did the movies. James Roday even has I think a little bit more popular. Jim Caviezel is popular, but I I thought given the fact that. You know, they some of these other actors have been more represented on our show 
for the last five years, that that would give him a little more of an advantage. But I guess Jim Caviso's built up a nice little vote um, surplus the last couple of years. So there you go, Mike, person of interest. Well, he's won, so. Yeah, yeah, he has. And as for uh, Tina Fey, that's not really surprising. Thirty, I think 30 Rock was nominated every year but, what, this year? So she has four years' worth of, like, dominating that category. So that's not really too surprising. All right, go ahead. All right. The final in the Spotlight Television Award. The Ultimate Television Show. Your nominees are Game of Thrones, Glee, Homeland, Modern Family, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Person of Interest, Sight, South Park, and the Big Bang Theory. And your In the Spotlight Ultimate Television Show is Game of Thrones? That, that can't be right. It, it says Game of Thrones. Well, I guess it's Game of Thrones starring Peter Dinklage and Sean Bean, who they killed off in the first season. Um, that's, I, I, all right. <laughs> um, I, I, I find that both, it just makes any sense. I find that both surprising and, and not surprising. Because I, I, I find it surprising that Game of Thrones hasn't done better on our show than it has. To be honest, you know, it's done okay. I mean, Peter Dinklage is usually nominated every year. You know, the show is usually nominated, but. You know, we've seen Modern Family, Big Bang Theory, um, Curse of Interest. They've all done Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They've all done huge on this show. So it's kind of surprising. Glee, you know, they've all done huge on this show. So it's kind of interesting to see um, Game of Thrones pull this off. But, hey, again, popularity. You know, that's what this is about. It's, 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 it's you know... You know, the, the actual award shows that we do, we try to f- have people vote on quality and of acting and writing, et cetera. And now you're just throwing all these things that, you know, have done well, either they've won or been well represented in these award shows up against each other. So basically it ends up becoming a popularity contest. It's interesting to see. So you look at, on the TV side, all these names and, all, and, and, this, and Game of Thrones that won, these are names in, in a show that's going to be remembered, along with th- those that were nominated as well. All these that got represented, nominees and winners, so far, are 10 years down the road, you're still going to remember them, and people are going to still be watching them like, in reruns and stuff. So, Okay. It, you it, know what? I am going to say that in the end for me, First of interest one, end of discussion. Now we can move on. Of course. Of course. I need the last word because this is the last time you are going to hear this lovely voice because now you're going to get the monotonous monotony monotones of Brian Gardner. Oh, shut up. Never. Never. Wow. Very powerful stuff, Mike. Very powerful stuff. Um, <laughs> okay. Now we go to film. 
It will start off with the ultimate supporting actor in film. The nominees are Michael Caine, Michael Fassbender, Morgan Freeman, Tom Hiddleston, Jonah Hill, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and Jeffrey Rush. And, yes, we did have a tie in that in those nominees. It's in the spotlight. What do you expect? And the ultimate supporting actor in film is Tom Hiddleston. And before anybody asks, you know, with the TV shows, we put in, like, what these people were, most of the actors and actresses were on because most of them were only in one role over the five years. So you could do that. Um, with the films, some of these actors have been in so many films. We're not going to list every film, so we're just naming the actor. But, of course, Tom Hiddleston, The Avengers, um, uh, Loki 1, Loki 2, The Dark World. Um, <laughs> um, you know, you know what he's played, okay? We know why he's here. And I'm not surprised. Okay, there's so many great actors in this category. Um, Michael Fassbender, Michael Caine, Morgan Freeman, Jonah Hill, Phil Stewart Hoffman, Jeffrey Rush, all have had multiple roles over the years, um, all deserving. But Tom Hiddleston, you know, the popularity of him as Loki is just insane. Mike, you have anything you want to say? How the hell did Tom Hiddleston win? He's Loki. <laughs> you have to ask. Yes. Why were you too loud again? I don't understand. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Something's up with the audio tonight. I don't know. I'm yeah, not being any more loud than usual. The, something is off of this off of this devilry, and it requires a technical guru to figure this out. Oh God! However, our technical guru is a little busy. I imagine. Yeah, probably. He's like Macklemore right now. White walls. <laughs> Gross. That's what you get. Downtown. <laughs> Why do you hurt me so? Why? <laughs> well, clearly Mike was outraged about Tom Hiddleston. Um, <laughs> all right, let's move on to supporting actress. Okay, the nominees for Ultimate... Supporting actress in a film: Jennifer Aniston, Jessica Chastain, Marianne Cotillard, Kira Knightley, and Emma Stone. And the ultimate supporting actress in a film award goes to Emma Stone. Mike, would you want to re- like care to respond first? I really liked her in Easy A. That was such a really good movie. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> was she in other movies? Well, she was in Birdman. She was in The Help. She was in... Um... All right. Oh, okay. Movies I've seen. <laughs> no. Well, you saw the first Amazing Spider-Man, unfortunately. All right. Movies I liked. <laughs> okay. Easy A. <laughs> there we go. The circles back around. Fair enough. You know... Um, yeah, I mean, really, in all in all fairness, it was going to be either her or Jennifer Aniston because the other actresses, while very good, don't have the say are not quite as popular as these two as Aniston and, and Stone are. So, um, yeah, and I, I like that choice actually. I think that's 
That's good. Um, all right, let's go to the lead categories. Ultimate actor in a film. The nominees are Christian Bale, Johnny Depp, Robert Downey Jr., Hugh Jackman, and Channing Tatum. And the ultimate in the spotlight award for an actor in a film goes to a tie. Now you know you're doing an in the spotlight award show. You have a tie in the nomination. In the nomination, you have a tie for a winner. So there you go. And the tie is between Robert Downey Jr. and Hugh Jackman. Mike, you want to reply first? What are the odds that our fabulous listeners could not decide between Wolverine and Iron Man? <laughs> they could not decide between Blackbeard and Sherlock Holmes, the one that's not Benedict Cumberbatch. They couldn't decide between the guy who wasn't Benedict Cumberbatch and the other guy who isn't Benedict Cumberbatch. So it's a terrible, terrible, terrible thing we've asked our viewers to do, listeners, and they succeeded with choosing not Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> if only Benedict Cumberbatch were an option. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised he wasn't in supporting, really. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, here's here's the thing. All of these actors are, are extremely popular, okay? But you got to look at what Jackman and Downey Jr. have done versus the rest of them. Well, Christian Bale was in The Fighter, he was in American Hustle, and he was in three Batman movies, okay? Now, during the course of our five years, only one Batman movie has um, been released during those five years. So, where, and then you put Johnny Depp. He had Pirates of the Caribbean, he had Alice in Wonderland, he had a bunch of smaller movies during this last five years. Then you have um, Channing Tatum, and we know why he's here. He's here for, you know, G.I. Joe, the Jump Street movies, Okay. That's what he was. That's what he did. But you look at Downey Jr. and Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman had what, what three X Men movies, and Les Mis, Real Steel. You know, he had a lot. He had a lot of movies. Okay, Downey Jr. had two Sherlock Holmes movies, two Iron Man movies, two Avengers movies. I mean, it, it, you think about it. Those two had the most projects in these five years, and it makes sense. All right, let's move on. Ultimate actress in a film. The nominees are Amy Adams, Sandra Bullock, Jennifer Lawrence, Melissa McCarthy, and Chloe Grace Moretz. And the ultimate actress award goes to Jennifer Lawrence. Um, Shocked it didn't go to Melissa McCarthy because, and again, I thought it'd be. I, I I figured if not McCarthy, it would be Lawrence. Again, look at what she's done: three Hunger Games movies in the last five years, two X Men movies. Why are we popular? American Hustle, um, Silver Linings Playbook, all major crowd pleasing, done well movies. Not a shock. Okay, Melissa McCarthy on the comedy side had a ton of movies, so I, I figured it'd be one or the other. The other actress, Amy Adams, some movies she's done, 
have done well. Some movies have Muppets. Uh, she was in The Fighter. You know, um, Chloe Grace Moretz, outside the Kick-Ass movies, really, and Let Me In, nothing else has really done excitingly well, Dark Shadows, but, so, that kind of limits her. And Sandra Bullock, well, Sandra Bullock had Blindside, Gra- Gravity, um, The Proposal, um, so, you know, I guess I could have seen Sandra Bullock doing it, but Jennifer Lawrence has had a little bit more lately, so... I'm I'm not too surprised, Mike. Do you have anything else to add? So Jennifer Lawrence won. Yes. This makes total sense, actually. <laughs> um, there are a few more prolific actresses in the last five years than Jennifer Lawrence. She, of course, was Mystique and Candace Evergreen <laughs> and that other person from that movie, that thing. So, yes, very nice, very nice indeed. Okay. okay I, do, now, I do love the fact, Mike, I do love the fact that you don't remember the movie she was in and what she won an Oscar for. You know, for the other movies, not the one she won an Oscar for. That <laughs> one that she won an Oscar for, yes. The Lion's Playbook? The thingy, yes. Mike, Mike, we watched it. it was yeah, you did the, watch it. It, it. it was part of the challenge. Yes, we did watch it briefly. It was... Dude, the only thing you remember from the challenge is Richard Parker. Richard Parker! <laughs> I mean... Yes, I, I'm Richard Parker. Come on, really? <laughs> it was a fabulous movie. I mean, I liked this. I liked Lincoln one as well. Lincoln was good. But was he nominated for this, Andy Lewis? No. Is this like the only time he hasn't won an award? Probably. <laughs> what the hell, viewers? <laughs> well, remember, it's accumulation of votes, so it's, yeah. But you're right. It's Daniel Day Lewis, and he was awesome, so. Um, all right. Last but not least, the ultimate film. Here out now there are ten nominees, just like there are ten for TV shows, so keep track of them here. The nominees are Frozen, Inception, Toy Story Three, The Dark Knight Rises, The Avengers, We're the Millers, Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain America the Winter Soldier, Twenty Two Jump Street, and Kick Ass. And the ultimate award for film goes to the Avengers. Mike, are you a little surprised? I demand a recount. I feel like, I don't know, Frozen probably should have won. Or maybe 22 Jump Street. Or probably Inception. I was kind of thinking Toy Story 3 or Guardians. I demand a recount. I think those Guardians of the Galaxy should have won. Either way, Mike Wink thinks it should have gone to the mouse. It should have gone to the mouse. Well, it did go to the mouse, if you think you about know, it. Here, here's what's True. really funny. True. Most of this was Disney or Marvel. 
that's that's what's hilarious about it. Um, according to Jeff Tech, it, this was the closest in all the voting. This right here, and the movie that came the closest to Avengers was Guardians. Uh, that makes sense. And apparently, it was. What's the, I, I need a difference because I want to see how close that was. He said it was really close, but what's what's your what's his definition of really close? Forty-six oh, votes. Forty-six votes. That's that's pretty close. We've had closer, but that's pretty close. Oh well, hey, either way, Marvel wins. <laughs> so, um, I will say that this though, those ten movies are all fantastic movies. So that's that's a, a good bunch representation. And notice how. I mean, aside from those animated movies in this category that obviously won for animated film, none of these movies were nominated for Academy Awards, except for Inception. Which was a brilliant movie. Right. Right. And it deserves its place on here, no question. So um, that that kind of speaks volumes about what people are going to remember from the last five years. (laughs) But, all right. Now, you've heard the best from our awards in film, best of our awards in TV. Okay? Now, everything that you've heard so far, not just the winners, but the nominees, are all the nominees for the ultimate in the spotlight award winners. So what's going to follow now, you're not going to hear nominees because you already heard them. Now what you're going to get is the ultimate winners when we combine all of these nominees from TV and all of these nominees from film. So now all opposite each other. So those that were nominated supporting actor in TV and supporting actor in film, we combine the category, we're going to choose a winner, and so on and so forth. Justin gets the opportunity to read those winners now. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado. Thank God. <laughs> your ultimate winners. Oh. Your ultimate. What was that thing? Very dramatic, Justin. Very dramatic. Your ultimate supporting actor goes to Tom Hiddleston. Man, Mike, Loki just took out all, all the TV nominees. <laughs> he commands you, would, Neil. Would you stop talking, Brian? I'm trying to hear the awards. Good Lord. Can you imagine the gumption on some people? They <laughs> say... All right, go ahead, Justin. I'm sorry. <laughs> the ultimate supporting actress award goes to Emma Stone. Okay. Well, now we're going to stop because we got two supporting categories. I already said what I said about Hiddleston. Um, I'm a little surprised that Emma Stone beat a lot of some of the people from T. Actually, no, I'm not because. Supporting actress in TV has kind of been a weaker category, so I'm not. Mike, you have anything to toss out there? Not really. All right, Justin, go ahead. And now your ultimate lead actor. And in a surprise to no one, and carrying on a fine in the spotlight tradition oh, is no. a tie. 
between Robert Downey Jr. and Hugh Jackman. Seriously, people, a tie. You could vote for one more. Seriously. Indecisive. (laughs) This is the epitome. This is what In the Spotlight is. Ties. Okay, lead actress. Your ultimate lead actress of all time, of the show at least, (laughs) is Jennifer Lawrence. All right, so, so far, everything is film. So TV is really not standing too much of a chance, which is kind of sad. But um, I'm not really surprised, though. Everybody that's won is, like, hugely popular. And maybe... Again, some, I mean, you think about TV, sometimes the popularity is a little limited. Sometimes a lot of these shows are just, you know, watched by, you know, a certain audience. So, you know, maybe that's part of it. I don't know. But I can't argue of any of the choices so far. And, again, another tie. Thanks, audience. Always great to have that. <laughs> now we can say our ultimate TV actor is a tie. All right, so we got one more. Go ahead, Justin. Sorry. And the ultimate of all ultimates, the ultimate in the Spotlight Award for both film and television, the one you've all been waiting for. Yes. Jet Tech, hold tight, grasp firmly. <laughs> Wait for it. Wait for it. Yeah. The Avengers. Mm. So, basically, basically what this is, everything you just read five minutes ago, I repeated just now. You just repeated, yeah. We could have saved all this time by just having you go, here's a leading sport actor. And here's the ultimate one as well. And just going through the whole list like that. Everybody that won for film won the ultimate, basically. Yep. It's like, when I got this email, like, uh, did he send me the right one? Dude, I didn't even, I just copied it. I didn't even look at it when I sent it. So I don't even know. But I'm kind of sad by that because I was hoping at least one or two things from TV would get in. Just so that we could break it up a little bit. But, again, you know, TV is sometimes it's a little bit more of a, of a, you know, niche audience on certain levels. So, you know, it's not really surprising. Mike, you got any reactions to any of these? Television was read more marvelously than the other two, obviously. Oh, um, God. It was, but I, I am not surprised. However, I feel like person of interest should have won something more or psych or something. However, I understand. And uh, while I am, I am a bit disappointed, I am a bit disappointed, I recognize that it happens. It happens. I mean, hell, we went to see Avengers how many times? A few. So, you know, it, it was what it was, and it is what it is. So I, there you go. I, I think that's what it comes down to is that, you know, film. You know, you talk about some of these films, 
and they appeal to a wide audience. And then some of these TV shows, you know, not everybody watches every single one of them. You know, they don't appear, some, some of them don't appear to wide audiences. They're watched by a certain amount of people every week. And, you know, I, I, and I know this from, just from general discussions, but a lot of times people will talk more about movies than they will about TV. I mean, they talk about TV when they come to work the next day at the water cool. I'm like, oh, yeah, you see what happened on Game of Thrones last night or something. But then that's the end of it. Sometimes with films, they'll, it'll, it'll go on forever. So I guess it makes sense. I was just hoping TV would break up the monotony of it. But all right, so you know what? It was, Like Mike said, it was what it was. So there you go. Those are your ultimate in the spotlight award winners for the last five years. And, again, as I said, a true test of popularity and in, in, in seeing how well something can endure and become a classic is – something like this, you know, you look at these nominees, you look at these winners, these aren't going to be forgotten. These are shows and films that are going to be remembered for years and, and passed out even our lifetimes because of how great they were or and are. So there you go. So for better or worse, your ultimate in the spotlight award winners for the last five years, five years of awards, voting, results, numbers, winners, Tabulate it together, and this is what you get. Obviously not comprehensive. We didn't do genres and all that stuff, but you really couldn't because there's more genres in TV than there is in film, and it, this would be sketchy. So we kept it to just the basics, and it worked. It it was what it was, like we said. So, All right. So before we get to Mr. Jeffrey Tech, um, you know, I realized when we when we were timing out the show, I realized that you know we weren't the, the ultimate awards weren't going to take long, and as evidenced by the fact it's only nine oh eight and we're already done with them. Um, I recognized that we probably had to add something else to the show, so you know we didn't get to do any entertainment news on Tuesday because there wasn't time, and number two. Really, there was nothing out there to be discussed, and none of you wanted to discuss anything. You didn't send anything to me, and I didn't see anything. So, hey, why force it, right? Well, over the last two days, there have been a, little, some, a few things that have perked up. And lo and behold, when I was looking for something to add to tonight's show, I checked my email box and saw a wide burst of emails from people going crazy about Marvel's newest acquisition. And I'm like, uh, okay, do people realize that that acquisition is not confirmed yet? However, I suspect it will be, but nonetheless, we can talk about it because, I, again, I do suspect it will be because this is a situation where there's smoke, there's fire. So we will talk about this, which, this news, which has been kind of rocking the boat a little bit here today, and that is that Marvel has apparently – according to rumors, is a, is making a deal with Fox to regain the rights to Fantastic Four in exchange for Marvel helping Fox to produce two X-Men TV shows, one of which that will be uh, on FX, one of which, assuming it gets picked up, and one of which that will be on Fox. There's already a proposed X-Men TV show for Fox um, that's in development. That one so far doesn't seem like it will include Marvel producers on it. But these other two shows, one of which will be on FX. That one, I believe, is going to be called Legion, which focuses on Professor Xavier's son. 
who's a schizophrenic. And then the other one is a Fox show by the name of Hellfire, which will focus on the Hellfire Club. Um, among the producers helping on both those shows is Jeff Loeb, who handles Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter, Daredevil, um, and also Simon Kinberg who, and Warren Schubert-Downer, who have done the X-Men movies of late. So um, they're all part of it. Again, no word yet if Marvel's going to be a part of the X-Men, the actual X-Men TV show that's hitting Fox, but um, we'll see if that happens or not. But apparently as part of that deal where Marvel's, TV people are going to help uh, Fox with the development of these shows. Marvel regains the rights to Fantastic Four and can also use Silver Surfer, Galactus, and Doctor Doom in their movies as well. Now, again, this is not confirmed. It's speculation. A lot of people, there's a lot of people saying that it will happen. There's some people that are so skeptical um, we mentioned last week we talked about how Marvel has had announced plans for movies way through uh, through twenty, I believe twenty twenty one, including a couple of mysterious movies in twenty twenty. Um, there is talk that one of those mystery movies in twenty twenty is now a Fantastic Four movie. That's why they haven't announced it because they haven't made the deal yet. Um, they, the, the feeling is that they'll wait five years so that people will forget about the horrible movie that was Fantastic Four that was released a month, two months ago. So um, it's looking more and more, and again, this is not shocking, like Fantastic Four will be back to Marvel. So any of you guys want to chime in on what looks like another Marvel acquisition? Justin, do you have something to say? I think if they do get this done, it would be huge. But they can hopefully try to correct everything Fox did wrong with the Fantastic Four franchise. The only problem is, I'm not sure if it's too little too late. I'm not sure if the franchise is so... I'm not sure if this franchise is so beaten down that it can ever recover. Mm. Especially after the past movie. Mm. It's, it's hit a new low. And it was already down. It somehow dug itself lower. I don't know. Marvel is going to really pull something out of the, out of the magician's hat to make this work. Because they have to do a complete makeover. They have to do a complete sell job of why the Fantastic Four no longer sucks. <laughs> because right now, when you think of Fantastic Four, you think, oh, God, no. <laughs> right, am I wrong? No, you're not. That's why I'm laughing. It's hilarious. But that's what you think of. You're right. You think of you think of Jessica Alba as you know, you you think of whatever the hell they did in this past movie. It's they really they need to put all their Marvel magic and the mouse has to do something to help this. 
because, unfortunately, like I said, unfortunately, when you think of the Fantastic Four, you think of three flops. And I mean flops. I mean Cleveland in any type of finals flop. Yeah. Yeah. They have a lot of work to do. That's for sure. And I mean, you think about it, they already have to worry about rebooting Spider-Man. Although the damage to Spider-Man isn't nearly as severe, but they, you know, they they already have that on their plate, and now they're going to apparently, at least they're close to, taking on another kind of recovery project. Mike, you have anything to add here? Bring up here. I do actually. Okay. I was talking with a coworker today who who works who works part time in the comic industry, and you know he, he's more knowledgeable about comics than I am, and. He brought up a good point. He said one of the worst things Marvel could do was do the Fantastic Four origin story again. And he's right. We've gotten that origin story twice now. And it has not gotten any better. It has not gotten any more interesting. You actually have to kind of do a Fantastic Four movie. And this is Marvel, where they're kind of already active. They're kind of there. They're active, you know? You throw them in. And while you don't even focus on, like, New York City, it's like, why is New York City so safe? After the Avengers messed everything up. Well, the Fantastic Four were operating. And you could have them kind of grow out of the Civil War so there are ways you could start including the Fantastic Four back into the Marvel Universe, and it doesn't even take uh, Marvel magic. It doesn't even take Disney magic. It just takes common sense. There are ways you can kind of say, well, while the Avengers were doing this, and Doctor Strange is doing this, and the Guardians of the Galaxy are being ultimate badasses out there, you know, and Spider-Man's kind of developing here, well, this is this is another story. This is the Fantastic Four after, you know, after the alien invasion of Earth where the Avengers royally messed up New York. The Fantastic Four developed their powers, helped rebuild New York, and became like the superheroes in the comics that they are. And then kind of maybe you could do an Arrow thing Right. Like, throughout the course of the movie, 90, 90% present day, and then 10%, well, this is how they got the powers. Just do the quick info dump as it is prevalent to something going on in the present. So kind of like what we do with Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. In fact, that should be a plot device that Marvel should abuse right now with Fantastic Four and Spider-Man, because, look, We've gotten the origin stories for both of those movies twice. Twice. We know it. We know it. We don't need to see it again. In fact, if you count the uh, the television shows and the random, like, straight-to-video movies, it's mo- it, we're, we're counting on, like, four. Four or five times for each. It's ridiculous. So I, I know I know it's the, the Marvel movie magic, and I know it's all this and that, but you don't need that. 
the only thing you need the Marvel movie magic on is telling people, look, I know the last couple efforts of Fantastic Four are subpar. But we're behind this. We've got a great script. We've got a great cast. Uh, we've got our, you've got our seal, of, seal of approval. I mean, guys, we made Ant-Man watchable. You guys got to trust us a little bit, right? Right? <laughs> yeah. So, that, that, so that's pretty pretty much what, what Marvel's got to do. That is their argument. And then they just, it's common sense. Write the Fantastic Four how they should be written. They're a family. They're Marvel's first family. Let's write them like it. Let's get Dr. Doom right for once. He's not some asshole from Nip Tuck. He's not some asshole gamer who got merged with a suit because he was a friggin' dumbass and walked into a friggin' planet uh, like a friggin' geyser. It's like, cool. I wonder what will happen if I do this. Oh, the geyser splooge all over me, like combined in my thing, and blah, 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 you know. Right. Yeah, whatever the hell they did with Doctor Doom. You got geyser splooge all over him. It's disgusting. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Time out, time out. I didn't know Jack Jack was in that movie. <laughs> uh, you know what, Justin? I was about to make that reference. I was uh-huh. building it up, and you just went for it before I could get the payoff. Speaking of payoff, like Jeff Tech is also in that movie. Um, um, but, Mike, here's my thing, though. You're talking about, oh, Disney run it well. I mean, they, you know, they had, you know, they made a good movie out of Ant-Man. The only thing is, with Ant-Man, there was no opinion behind it besides for who? Huh. No, no, no they, Justin, Justin you, are missing, would... you are missing the one thing about Ant-Man that anybody worth their salt knows. It was Hank Pym backhanding his wife. Hmm. And if you think about it, Ant-Man had way more to overcome just from that one panel than the Fantastic Four had to do with three really bad movies. The thing is, a lot of more casual fans don't really know the whole Hank Pym backhanding backhand his wife. Like, a lot of the just kind of, hey, let's go, you know, there's a Marvel movie, let's go see it. They don't know about that. But they I mean, know. The, you, are, you are talking really about the most casual of people, the ones that don't even bother to do the Google search. If you've got people who maybe even look at the comics a little bit, Marvel lets you, they won't let you forget that Hank Pym did it. They've bulgarized him so bad where they that that that's like his defining trait. Like he backhanded his wife and he became irrelevant because of it. Hmm. And but but hey, I mean for the most casual fans like, oh Marvel, they they haven't let us down. But even but even to that point, it's like, yeah, Fantastic Four has had three really terrible movies. However, you're saying this is a Marvel movie from Marvel. Give us the benefit of the doubt here. That that's kind of what their argument has to be. It, it is, but unfortunately, just the reputation wise, because if it weren't for you telling me about him, him and his wife, I would have never known about it. And I have to assume I play a fair amount of uh, yeah. Marvel fans, fair amount of Marvel movie fans 
don't know that either. I I think there there, there was there was a fair amount that did, and you know what's interesting, and Mike, I think you probably noticed this too. There were a couple moments in that movie where they actually had Michael Douglas in the performance subtly allude to it. But, they they did, yeah. Which was interesting because I thought they were just going to go out. I mean, they didn't have any dialogue alluding to it, but he, the way he played it, it's almost like he did the research into the character. Yeah. And, and he, there was a subtle kind of allusion to it. So, but what I think is kind of ironic, you compared it to Ant Man. The director of Ant Man, first of all, Ant Man had a lot to overcome because of the production, because they lost the director right before filming. Peyton Reed, who got the job to direct Ant-Man, was supposed to direct Fantastic, the first Fantastic Four for Fox way back when, and went to somebody else. So Peyton Reed probably would have been a good choice to direct a Fantastic Four movie. More than likely, yes. But I don't know if you want to share him around, but I will say that there was a fair amount of people that didn't know about what Hank Pym had done. But there, I was surprised when it was announced that they were going to go with Scott Lang and not Hank Pym. How many people actually did know? And, I, and I'm not talking about the Internet. I'd be, you know, talking to somebody randomly about it. And they're like, oh, Ant-Man, oh, yeah, yeah, that's the guy that abused his wife. I think that's the re- I think that's the biggest reason why they went with Hank Pym because if Marvel if Marvel didn't get the sense uh, didn't go with Hank Pym pardon me if Marvel didn't get the sense that the majority of the audience kind of had an idea they probably just went with Hank Pym. Yeah. They clearly were worried about it because they went with Scott Lang, and even though Hank Pym's the one that has so much history. And in they the did, comics, but, in the comics, Hank Pym still currently is. Ant Man right, right. or Giant Man. Scott Lang is a character from like the nineties. Right. So it's like they 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 went with they went out of so far out of the box just to kind of avoid just that that oh well Hank Pym abused his wife. They went out of their way so the casual moviegoer wouldn't make that connection with the character of Ant-Man and that one panel that almost ruined the character. Like, it's crazy. Right. And you have to assume that even if people didn't know, like, if they went and saw the movie, eventually they would have been searching for Ant-Man stuff and came across it. So... They found a way to use somebody as Ant-Man, but at the same time, they kept Hank Pym as a, a major force in the universe that can still play the history. So you get to still play off Hank Pym's connections to the Marvel Universe, but you don't have to have him as Ant-Man, so people can't, it doesn't taint Ant-Man. I, th- I thought it was really clever. You know, it could have been a disaster, but it was really clever. Um, now, we've done so much talking about the Fantastic Four, and look, they're, they're, 
It's a mess. Okay, they, they're pretty. And I, I think to Mike's point, you, you gotta, you know, I'm you, the 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 second Incredible Hulk movie, Edward Norton's Incredible Hulk. You know, they didn't. They did a direct continuation of um, the Hulk. They didn't do another origin, but they kind of flash back to the Hulk's origin with Edward Norton in the role. You know, you could actually do that, something like that. Like the opening sequence could be flashing to the Fantastic Four's origin and then just flash forward. You know, you could do something like that. But I, I, I do agree that the best thing is to kind of stick, stay away from it. Because, number one, you know, one of the criticisms I've seen is that people just don't think the Fantastic Four origin is that interesting. You know, Spider-Man's was a little bit different. It was because there was a, a lot of character-driven depth there. He lost his uncle. and But the problem is we've seen it twice on screen, and both times it was done reasonably well. You don't need to see it again. Now, it's never been done right for Fantastic Four, but so many people don't see it as interesting. I don't even know if I'd bother with it. So, you know, just... Assuming they're going to do a movie in 2020, I've heard movie, I've heard TV show, I've heard a bunch of things. So who the heck knows? Um, just do it that way, you know. Just give us, just give us the Fantastic Four and just go with it. it, it that's the simplest thing to do. The key here, though, and it, it seems, and I, I think we talked about this off the air. I think personally, in this deal, Marvel was more interested in getting their hands on Galactus and Doctor Doom. Because I think they're looking for villains beyond Thanos. And now they have two that they can use. Two major villains that can be a force for future Avengers movies or what have you. So I think that was really their primary motivation in this deal was, okay, we have an opportunity here to grab two villains that can help us later on. You think I mean, am I wrong about that? That I, I that's why I would take it. Or am I right? I don't know. <laughs> um, Bernie, if I may interject. Huh? I mean, I do have some Marvel news. Okay. Confirmed for joining. Uh, Thor Ragnarok. Hulk. Hulk. That was gonna be my next thing. Yep. I I I had heard that they were they were thinking of that. So I'm that that's that's gonna be interesting. Now my question is, how is Hulk gonna be there if he's also in the Cap Civil War movie? Well, according to Mark Ruffalo, he got cut from the Civil War movie. Hmm. I know, right? Uh, I, I, you know, the only thing I've heard is that Thor is supposed to be, a, for a while, obviously for a big part of the movie, supposed to be on another planet. So, you know, how Hulk factors into this, I don't know. Maybe he seeks out, maybe Thor comes back to Earth to seek out Bruce Banner for some assistance on something. I don't know. Maybe, but it, 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 it sounds like he's Thor- not just in it for a cameo, he's in it as a lead. 
maybe Thor finds Hulk swimming around in a cave. I don't know. That would just be humorous. <laughs> I'm interested because it's something I would have never expected. I mean, him in Civil War is, is not much of a stretch, but Hulk in a Thor movie is kind of, you know, kind of random. Of course, this has a lot of people thinking there's going to be some kind of Planet Hulk tie-in. But, Mike, you have, you, since Justin brought up the Hulk story I was going to bring up next, you want to chime in? He seems to do that a lot, just jumps right in with information you're trying to set up. But you know what? That's okay. That actually works. It works just fine. So, um. but I'm trying to manipulate things to download something, but I don't know. Oh, all right. That's what I need. Uh, okay. And Hulk is going to be in Ragnarok. It doesn't matter. Loki's in it, and he's going to take over the damn movie. Who cares? <laughs> I'm really excited about Loki 3. Oh, Loki 3 is going to be such a great movie. You know what, though? I hope they include his brother Thor. Uh, Maybe just give him a couple of minutes of screen time in between all the Loki plot. You know? Maybe a cameo from Anthony Hopkins. (laughs) Maybe Anthony Hopkins and Idris Elba can show up. But other than that, (laughs) it's just going to be all Loki all the time. That's all. Gosh. Can't wait for maybe, that. Maybe we Work could use that? some of that unused uh, um, um, footage of, um, God, I can't remember, of Malekith from the last movie. We could use some of that, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> what, what I heard I'm there's a lot of stuff on the cutting room floor from that movie. What I'm hoping for is, like, <laughs> for, uh, is for Hulk just to randomly show up, and when he's at, he just got so angry, he willed himself to uh, Thor's dimension. Yeah. Just time, temple, uh, Hulk. I just, that's all I'd want to see. Just, I, I want to see, see Hulk use its interpretation. Yeah. Like Goku. That's all I want. You know, I, I, I read something on, uh, this, was, this was even before the Hulk news came out. Where some there was a feeling that maybe one of the Avengers was going to be in the movie because they needed somebody. Because I think a lot of us can kind of a lot of us are assuming that and it's not really a stretch because we heard that the, the the Avengers roster for Infinity War Part One was going to be radically different. That some characters were not going to be in play. You know, we've heard rumors about Captain America. Obviously, Tony's going to walk away for a little bit because of what happens in Civil War. Um, Thor Ragnarok, everybody figured that Thor was going to be taken out or incapacitated in some way. I wonder if, you know, I, I, I think there was this feeling that one of the Avengers was going to be in Thor or at least was going to be one of the kind of messengers to tell the rest of the Avengers that Thor was either gone or not able to be a part of the team right now. So I guess, you know, maybe that, that's going to fall on Hulk. That maybe he comes back to Earth and spreads the, tells Fury or Widow or somebody that 
you know, Thor died in battle or something. You know what I mean? Maybe that's going to be part of it. I don't know. It is very random. But going back, just to finish up and tidy up here, because we talked so much about the Fantastic Four portion of that news that we started with here, we didn't talk about the X-Men part. No, for, I mean, the X-Men TV show for Fox, that was known for a while now. It's been in development. And we don't know what the roster is, what they're going to do there. But now you have two more X-Men TV shows added to this. And these are going to be the ones that Marvel is going to help co-produce. One for FX, one for Fox. So we have a Hellfire Club show, and we have a show called Legion based on Professor Xavier's uh, son, Legion, who's the schizophrenic that, I think it was a part of the X-Force lineup at one point. So um, any thoughts on that, gentlemen? Go ahead, Justin. Um, if it's being helped co-produced by Marvel, hopefully it won't be bad. Hmm. <laughs> if Marvel has enough kind of oversight in it, I guess. Because it's going to make you wonder, like, how much oversight... Is, is Marvel just kind of there? Do they have any say in it? You know, can they override Fox on it? And uh, yeah, that's 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 where the important stuff is. Like, how much power does Marvel have in this? Right, Mike. Hmm. Uh, well, of all of the characters that you're going to do a show based on. The Hellfire Club and Professor Xavier's son. <laughs> it's like, hey, we want the Vampire Diaries, but with mutants. I think that's a good point. <laughs> and then the last like uh, uh, show that we had called Legion isn't working, so we have to have a new one. <laughs> so what are we talking about here? Two shows that are based around B level X Men villains and then a C level X Men character. Yeah. Yeah. Um I I don't have an opinion on this, sorry. I I will say this. I'm looking very much forward to an X Men live action show on Fox because I see a lot of potential in that. Okay? As long, I mean, especially if they keep it to maybe like 12 episodes, because then they can go all out with the budget. That I, I wholeheartedly approve of. I actually like the idea of Legion, because it doesn't necessarily have, it is based on a comic book character, okay? Obviously, Professor Xavier's son. But you don't have to be too comic booky with it. It's like, okay, the only thing that has to be tied to the comics is the fact that it's Xavier's son. All right, maybe once in a while we can have references to other characters and stuff. You could actually, the, the kind of character he is, you can make a goodwill kind of procedural kind of show out of it, too, if you want to. So it doesn't have to be, it could, it could appeal more to a broader base than comic book fans. You know, they can do a lot with that. I, 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 if they do it right and they do certain things and twi- twist it a little bit, they can do something with that, especially if it's on FX. That I can see something with. 
However, Hellfire Club is just a disaster. I don't even understand. To me, it's just, let's try to get Emma Frost on TV. That's what that is. And I, I can already see what they're going to kind of try to do, like a Mad Men mashup with, like, Game of Thrones, kind of. Like, Game of Thrones for, like, betrayal and backstabbing and Mad Men in terms of, like, you know, like, the relationships and stuff. I can already see that. And it's not going to work. It's going to be a disaster. I, there's nothing. You can't sustain a show with the Hellfire Club. You can't. There's only somewhere you can go. Now, I do trust, even, you know, obviously some really good Marvel people involved, Jeff Loeb, um, but, and the extra people that are involved have been responsible primarily for the last couple of great movies, Warren Sheward Donner, Simon Kimberg. So there is some good people here. But my prerogative is this. I, I don't think, if you're going to do other shows besides the actual just plain out live action X-Men show, which is fine, that's great. Do it about characters that can sustain the show. Legion, I'll, I'll, give, I'll see what they do with it. Hellfire Club, you know, you, that could be like a miniseries. You can't do anything that sustains beyond like a miniseries of Hellfire Club. It's just, there's just nothing you can do with it. There's only one character on that show, that show that's going to have any kind of staying power, and that's Emma Frost. That's it. Let the Hellfire Club be a part of the X-Men show at some point, okay? Leave that alone, and you can make Emma Frost like a major character at some point if you want to. You don't need to base a show on Hellfire Club. Good Lord. <laughs> that, 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 one, that one to me just, I, I, don't, I don't see what they're even seeing with that. I guess we'll see. I mean, it's, it's interesting that in order to get Fantastic Four... Fox wanted Marvel to help with TV. Like, I, I don't even see the correlation there. You would think that they wanted to help with maybe their X-Men friends. They're like, oh, can you lend us some characters to throw in with the X-Men? You would think they'd do something like that. Where would they think that their X-Men franchise is doing well? I, I don't know. But I, 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 I kind of think maybe this is coming from the perspective that they gave the rights to Daredevil and Punisher and, and such back to Marvel. And look what Marvel's done with it, with their TV show, with their TV department. They made Daredevil into a major hit. So maybe this is Fox thinking, all right, we know we're not. We want, we need them to help us with our TV department. And Fox TV is in shambles right now. So you know, I guess I can see it from that standpoint. All right. Um, there's a couple of you that brought up the, inf- the, the the news of a Godzilla King Kong crossover that's coming in five years. Um, uh, yeah, um, I don't have a response to that. You know, we, I think we, I think Mike knows we did this a couple of weeks ago. We talked about the whole idea that all these studios now want to do shared universes like Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, they all want it. Star Wars is doing a cinematic universe now. Some there's a, one of the studios wants to do a Robin Hood cinematic universe. Like we're making cinematic universes out of everything now. Yeah. Somebody like Marvel and DC, they can do it because they got worlds of characters to explore. Okay. You know, Robin Hood. I mean, Godzilla. I mean, come on. Not everything has to be this grand universe thing. 
just do a franchise. Do a movie, do a franchise. Don't interconnect. Everything doesn't have to be interconnected. I mean, Godzilla and King Kong, really? I mean, yeah, it's going to look cool. You're going to have a couple battle scenes, but, you know, that's about the extent. It's Alien versus Predator again. Okay, who cares? You know why? You know why they do it? They're like, hey, these two, and this group of people are like this, this group of people are like that. Let's get money out of both of them. It's it's it, it's just a, it. There's no plot grab. though. Just call it what it is. It's a cash grab. It's people going, hey, I always wondered who would win this fight, and now they actually have the ability to make it. Did Jason and Freddy need to fight? Need to fight? No. But guess what? That was always wanting one of those kind of running uh, things of who would win the fight between these two horrors. Characters. Right. And they made a movie out of it. They're doing the same thing here. It it is nothing more than a childhood, like, my character can beat up your character. No, my character can do better. And now they're deciding it with multi-million dollar movie. Well, 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 I mean, that, you're right that that goes back, like like I said, Alien vs. Predator, Jason vs. Fright. It's something that's been done before. But then the whole idea is not just so much that they're going to do this movie with them together. But it's the idea of, oh, we're going to share these universes. You know, there's going to be three movies here. They're all going to be interconnected. and Like, not everything has to be connected. You know, if we're going to do a crossover movie, just do a crossover movie and let that be the end of it. You know what I mean? They want to connect these characters, universes, and... You mean, like, you mean just a, a one-shot crossover that's it, out of canon? Yeah, just do it, you know? Kind of like that one time that they were played one-on-one against Charles Barkley? Yeah. Now, that's a movie I want to see. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I think with Godzilla would stand a better chance now. Now, he's kind of slimmed down a little yeah. bit, and Charles um, hasn't. So I think Godzilla versus Sir Charles would be amazing. <laughs> okay, okay. Here's the thing. We can get a two-on-two game right now. Charles and Ewing versus Godzilla and King Kong. Uh, why Ewing? Why not? <laughs> I guess I suppose so, but I think it would probably be Shaq instead of uh, Patrick Ewing. Well, was Shaq in, uh, was Shaq in uh, Space Jam? No, Ewing was. So oh, was well, Jordan. Space Jam talent? You I mean, so you only got his power stolen in Space Jam, didn't he? I was yeah. Patrick Ewing, Charles Barkley, Muggsy Bogues, Sean Bradley. I think there were there was five. Who was the other one? Um, I don't know. I don't remember. Basically, what I'm saying is, I want space. I want Space Jam too. That, that's all I want, really. Well, are we getting to... Space Jam 2? We are getting Space Jam 2. It needs to be out now. I want it in my head. They've gone through various different, like, ideas for it. Coming through the Space what, Jam. What, what what ideas do you need? You need to have five current stars that get their powers taken, and then you have LeBron James and the Looney Tunes fuck up. They basically have to... And you can have, I don't know, 
Maybe you can have Bill Murray be part of this role, or maybe you can have someone else. Who knows? There is really no plot to that besides, hey, you know it'll be fun. That was the plot. But it was just, how do we get Michael Jordan to interact with Bugs Bunny? Um, there you go. Yeah, I'm trying to find, I want to know the players that had their talent stolen, but I can't seem to find it. Uh, Wikipedia. That's where I am. Google. Oh, Hang on. There it is. All right. Um. Okay, Barkley Bird. Oh wait, what? Larry Bird really? No, Larry Bird wasn't one. Larry Bird was in the movie. I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong thing. Larry Johnson. Larry Johnson. Yep, there it is. Literally. Oh, LJ. I went to Google and typed in what NBA stars had their power stolen in Space Jam. And literally, it comes up. Ewing, Muggsy Balls, Barkley, Johnson, and Sean Bradley. Yep. Wasn't that hard? Well, I only have one hand, so. Okay. Honestly, honestly, the Monstars only did a a slightly average job of getting great NBA talent. Uh, Muggsy Balls was a great point guard. Uh, Sean Bradley was an okay center. Barkley, Ewing were A plus players, and Larry Johnson could be an A plus player. So, I mean, that that there were they could have gotten Larry Bird and co- probably have gotten more investment in some of their stuff. Well, it's obviously why they wanted Michael Jordan. <laughs> um, well, I mean, Larry Bird played, of course, uh, himself, right, as Michael Jordan's golf buddy, Larry Bird. So, I, it, 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 for the life of me, I can't understand why it's taking so long for that to, to happen. But, but see, okay. Okay, my question ahead. is, my question is right now, you're making Space Jam two. Who are the five guys who did the power stone? Go. Well, depends. If, who is the star? Okay, Le, Le, LeBron, LeBron, LeBron is taking the role of Michael Jordan, so you can't do LeBron. You got to choose okay. five of the guys. Okay. Chris Paul, Blake Griffin. Um, Durant. Probably Kevin Durant. Carmelo Anthony. Uh, we've got, we need, we got the point guard. got a shooting guard, small forward. We'll be the power forward. Just Durant's technically a small forward. Um, Duncan, maybe. No. Duncan would be the center. You'd move Blake to yeah. power. Um um, I don't know if it'd be Dunk. I don't know about Duncan. I need a more kind of like charisma. Char- not even no, 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 Duncan's pretty charismatic. You just need a. I, I need a like a center, center. Dwight Howard would have been the choice a few years back. Yeah, a few years back, but not now. I think the monsters would be like, no, Dwight, we got to give you your talent back. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Ouch. Um. You could you could do um oh god what's his name oh I can't think of the name from the Clippers no 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 I already said oh you know who it'd be it'd be Anthony Davis yeah there you go it'd be Anthony Davis Blake Griffin Chris Paul Carmelo and Durant but you really would have Melo in there like do you want them to just hog the ball the whole time 
This is not going to pass. Justin, Justin, this is the current NBA. I don't know if you know this, but hogging the ball is a prerequisite for being a star. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I do know that, but here's the thing. Even in a, in a, in a game where hogging the ball is a prerequisite, prerequisite Melo is a ball hog. Like, he goes above and beyond that. While but, he is a ball hog, look at the teams he's been on. Yeah. <laughs> he's currently a Nick. What is the second scoring option for the New York Knicks? Knicks? Right now, you know, if not if not Mello, it could be Stephen Curry. Yeah, it could be Stephen Curry. Although we're we're talking about non-ball hogs, so uh, can't be uh, Stephen Curry. Yeah, mm. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but the question is, who who would be the second scoring scoring option for the Knicks? There is none. Exactly, and I mean, I was about to say like. I kind of watch basketball, and I know there isn't a second story. Dude, out I, I watched the Knicks a lot last year, sadly. <laughs> they they didn't have anybody else. I didn't know you were, like, in the, like, state of masochism, right? Like, I didn't know. Uh, dude, you, you know that. I watch whatever's on, okay? Sports-wise. Yeah, you, Justin, when, whenever, when we leave, that's when Ashley flips, flip, uh, flips the switch, brings out the whips. It's Fifty oh. Shades flying. Okay, stop, 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 stop. No, there's certain things I don't need to know, and that dude, was. Dude, I watched the Knicks because you know I, I at one point I mean the year before they were a number two seed. Okay, <laughs> I actually I actually started to like them again, and then this crap kind of hit the bed. So team fell apart. Kamal Anthony got hurt. There you go. But nonetheless. How do we get on the subject of Space Jam? I don't know. Uh, and by the way, if they made a Space Jam movie, they probably want to connect it with another movie to make a cinematic universe. Because that's what they all well, do that's now. That's how we did it. Cause we were talking about we were talking about King Kong and Godzilla, and I was talking but, but about how. But, to... but, but but that's the, see that's my point. Something that just should be left alone. Like they're gonna Robin Hood. They're looking for all these characters to start spinoffs, but to tie them all together with Robin Hood. Like, they're going to give, like, Maid Mary in her own movies to tie to Robin Hood. Like, come on. Guys, we already peaked at Robin Hood Men in Tights. You can't do any better. No. But that's, but see, this, this is what I'm saying. Like, like all these all these studios now, they're looking for any property that has multiple characters that, that they think have potential to carry their own movies. And it's like, all right, let's make multiple movies and make a universe so that we could have enough movies for the next 10 years that we feel comfortable with. Uh, wait, wait. With Robin Hood, it peaked it peaked at three points. Well, actually, two and a half points. Uh, the first one was the Fox one with Disney. Right. The second one was Men in Tights. They're men, 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 men. Um, and the third one, Doctor Who did a good Robin Hood episode. But those are the three times in modern history where Robin Hood was actually, like, Robin Hood. May, may, maybe you could do the stupid Kevin Costner one. Prince of the King of Thieves or whatever, I don't know. That one wasn't horrible. Okay. That one wasn't horrible, <laughs> but, but it was better than the stupid Russell Crowe one. Yeah. Okay, but you had a Robin Hood movie where the Robin Hood didn't even have a British accent. Oh. 
We're saying, Justin, it wasn't horrible. We're not saying it was good. Yeah, it's a difference. <laughs> there is a difference. Look, I watched that movie before I watched Men in Tights. When I watched Men in Tights, I could no longer watch the Kevin Costner Rabbit Hood. Yeah, but they Carrie always has a has a uh, English accent, and it was fantastic. Yeah, and, and, and plus you do really like him because he's in Psych a lot. Carrie uh. always is a phenomenal actor. Princess Bride, but but Princess but Bride, Man of Tights. He was in that one Saw movie. Yeah, he was in two Saw movies, I think. But see, that's my thing. Before you know it, we're going to be tying Saw and Paranormal Activity together just because we feel like we can. You know what? I think we... You know, if they tie Robin Hood and Sherlock Holmes together and they throw in, um, I don't know, give me a big female uh, uh, literary character. Um, um, I don't know. The chick from Love and, Love and Peace. No, all right. If you throw Robin Hood together with uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes, Juliet from Romeo and Juliet, and then you got um, uh, Dorian Gray just shows up because randomly, and then Jake Gatsby, you've got a new League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and suddenly the connected universe makes sense. I've seen that anime. You've seen Romeo and Juliet, the anime? Why? You know, I've seen that, like, that what you just talked about, I think I've seen that in an anime. Like everyone you just talked about, I uh, you know what? It, 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 we, you could you could make that work. You could make that work. Yeah. Just get a bunch of literary characters together and make a new League of Extraordinary Gentlemen because the first one well, see, wasn't great. That like has potential. That has potential, but they're not. But see, nobody's being that creative. They're picking stuff, like I said, they're picking stuff, and then, like, Robin, oh, how can we dovetail this into King Kong? How can we make this into, you know, oh, let's connect it to Godzilla. And I think that, I think that Universal is doing, it's not just King Kong, Godzilla, they're bringing in all their movie monsters, like, in the past, like Frankenstein, and and combining them all into a shared universe. All right. How about this idea? Okay. Sherlock Holmes forms his, the new League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and recruits some of the greatest literary characters in mind throughout history. Robin Hood, Juliet from Romeo and Juliet, but not Romeo because he's a bitch. Um, he also recruits um, he recruits Frodo Baggins, yeah. and then he recruits John Cena. <laughs> because we have to get the greatest like fake characters of all time. Yeah, and I feel like John Cena would be like uh, the the Mister Hyde character from the original one, and could would be just like John Cena smash. Sherlock Holmes would solve the crime. Juliet would be kind of like Mina Harker was, only Juliet. So she'd kind of pine over Romeo because Romeo's a bitch. Um, Sherlock Holmes would be awesome. I, I feel like this one has potential. Yeah. You just need John Cena as the thing, and then everybody's like, John Cena, blah, 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 and it'd be interesting. Well, it definitely, it, like, yeah, interesting is one way to say about it. But. And the villain, and the villains would be like Prince John, 
Professor Moriarty, Tybalt from Romeo and Juliet, Kevin Owens. <laughs> It'd be a very interesting kind of thing. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> wow, okay. Well, anyway. Don't you? <laughs> this idea just got way better. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, you know, we talking about shared universes. We're talking about, well, we were, I was bringing up the idea of shared universes because of the whole Kong and God's. Look, I don't mind a, a one off crossover. Okay, I don't mind that. We've done that's been done enough through cinematic history. That's okay, but this whole shared cinematic look. Marvel does it the awesome. I can understand why DC wants to. I can understand why Star Wars wants to do it. Certain things I can understand because there's a wealth of characters and it's not forced. But certain things, the, the characters themselves are just not strong enough to maintain their own franchises and, and therefore cannot interconnect. It's just, it's just getting, it's becoming way too big of a trend, and, and most of it doesn't even make sense. So, and every studio is looking at it like, oh, they're not just looking at fr- franchises anymore. They're looking at, oh, we need to have a, our own cinematic universe for this particular brand or franchise. I'm like, what, are, are you serious? You know, I, I, this doesn't make any sense to me. Like, you know, if Nintendo wants to go out there and make movie adaptions out of a lot of their properties, okay, that makes sense. Shared universe. You want to do something like that? Go ahead. Try to do something like that. Cool. You know, but like, like certain things don't make any sense. Oh, Robin Hood. I hate to dwell on Robin Hood. It's the first only thing I can think about. Robin Hood, shared universe. You know, we have a Maid Marian movie and a Prince John movie and it all connect. No, we don't need that. It's like a good Robin Hood movie and, and, you know, you want to make a couple movies out of it, fine. But leave it alone. Ridiculous. How long until we get a Harry Potter shared universe? When they reboot it or something, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, you know it's around the corner. Don't ruin my fan fiction. Sorry. Really quick before we get to our Jeff Tech goodbye, since Mike decided to bring up wrestling, we did get one. I, 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 uh, we did get a couple emails from a couple of wrestling fans. I'm just going to briefly acknowledge this because, you know, I feel like we can. Um, a couple of listeners did ask us about. The, the apparent discussions, according to Dirt Sheets and according to some wrestling news sites, between WWE and Alberto Del Rio. Where apparently Del Rio, Alberto El Patron, is, um, is receptive to negotiating with WWE. And he has canceled some dates, which apparently coincide with WWE's tour in Mexico. So you guys want to quickly chime in on that for our wrestling listeners? Um, I did a quick search, and apparently, because the tour he canceled was was in Germany, okay. and apparently, the official statement, let me preface it with that, is that whoever booked him, booked him through like a third party, right? And basically, like since he's been on in, in, on, on independence, he's had to say like, okay, this is you know how I do it, this you know this is what you know, my requests are, this is that, yeah. that, and the other thing. Well, when the people in Germany requested him, they didn't do any of that. Like, he had to pay for, you know, his hotel, but they got this. So it's like, pretty much like, no, I canceled because, supposedly he canceled because his, you know, what he technically has in his contract wasn't there. Mm. You know, whoever usually does this thing didn't do it or 
didn't do it right, whatever it was. Uh, so that's his official reason behind it. Whether or not it's just a coincidence that WWE has to be happens to be in Mexico at the same time, I don't know. But well, that's the that's the official story is that you know all the contact negotiation blah blah blah. We do know, according to the reports, they are talking. At least that's what it looks like from what but what's all over the net right now. So, um, Mike, you want to chime in at all? Yeah, I was just going to back up Justin because that was the there is a report, and that report did have like um, the W it's WXW in Germany, right? Um, yeah, and Alberto said this is yeah. He, he, Justin's right. He covered all the major things. This is what he this is what he does with everybody. And then they they try to do a third party and they tried to renege. Alberto's like, no, that's just not how I do it. So that's what happened. Alberto, see, Alberto is not a um, just speaking of the WXW thing. Alberto is not an independent wrestler trying to make it. He is not a guy you fly over because he needs the experience. Right. Alberto Del Rio has been in wrestling for about a decade now. He has, he is probably one of the top wrestlers in the world. He so he's the guy you bring in to draw the house. You know, so he's not the guy you screw over. Now, yeah, it's it's kind of a coincidence that it's happening, happening like that uh, the tour's coinciding because he was supposed to be in Germany. Um, but who knows? Alberto's wrestled all over for the last year. He is the mega champ. He is the me- uh, the AAA like uh, mega champion. He has won their tag team tournament with uh, Mr. Seeds and uh, uh, Rey Mysterio. Junior, he may or may not have been killed on Lucha, Lucha Underground. Uh, so he's done it all. He's wrestled for Ring of Honor. The only thing he hasn't done is wrestled in PWG. But he might be out of their price range, so who knows? But literally, that's the only thing he hasn't done is wrestle in PWG. So he's pretty much done everything you could do in independent wrestling right now. Right. The only thing with Alberto is there might be some backlash um, saying, oh, well, you you spotted all this hot garbage and now you're going back to him. Right. That might be the only thing with Alberto Del Rio. It's like, oh, well, you did you said all this in family honor and why are you talking to them now? Right. Well, they, well but, but to Alberto's credit, they removed that negative element. They know they never should have gotten rid of Alberto Del Rio. They know for a fact they shouldn't have gotten rid of him. However, you know, it, it's good because Alberto was, you bring with Alberto, you bring in another main event heel or another main event face. Either or. You can wrestle as either. The only thing you have to do with him Give him something to do all the time. 
Because remember, there are times in his last run uh, with the WWE where he just was directionless. He was doing nothing. And I mean, this is a guy who was a Royal Rumble winner, who was a Money in the Bank winner, multiple, multiple-time multiple world champion. You had nothing to do for him? What the hell's wrong with your booking team? So it's just you have to find something. You just have to keep him busy at all the time to make the you make the most out of Alberto Del Rio. So, I mean, it's a good thing that they're talking with him. It's great that he's receptive. However, you actually have to do do stuff with him. You know, I don't doubt that when I did, you know you know how Vince loved Alberto Del Rio. That's one of the reasons why Vince, he was never like in the mid card. He was always like up upper mid card main event. You know, I so, somebody on a board I read mentioned that they, if if they were to sign back Del Rio, couldn't you see him like if they, if they were able to get it done quickly, coming out at the Hell in a Cell and beating John Cena for the U.S. title? Like you could, I could actually see that if if they, if they got it done in time. No, I don't think they. I don't think they could do that not in time. No, but I, I mean, if they could, if theoretically, if they could, if they that'd could, be one way to kind of bring them back. If they could, it kind of negates that thing, which it, it's range. They want the guy to be seeing his range, but right, it kind of would undermine that. But meant to do that was for a shock and all, yes. Yeah. That's why I'm. I, no, that's why I'm saying from Vince's perspective, he'd be like, "Oh, Alberto," you know. Yeah, I could see him doing something like that. I'm not. I. I. I it's not going to happen, but I could see it. Like if, if from Vince's point of view, if he had the opportunity, you know. All right. So before we wind down here, and look, I took so long on everything else because he, Jeff Tech didn't want no long overbone thing. It's not like unless he were to call in. Or, you know, whatever, there would be no way, there's not much you can do here, okay? Um, and we we shared a lot of the memories that we've had with Jeff Tech last week during the fifth anniversary special. And we talked about, you know, his breaking news updates, particularly during the Miami Heat's first foray under LeBron James in the finals. Um, you know, the innuendos, talking about his, very exciting lifestyle. His um, and uh, his odysseys, his NCAA odysseys, when he was able to go to the NCAA tournament games, and his lack of punctuality when providing us with a report from said events. Um, you know, there, there's a lot, um, and, and I mentioned how much he's meant to this show. As far as he he taught me a lot from a technical aspect, got us off the ground. Um, helped immeasurably with so much, and and you know, the awards. He uh, he did a lot with the awards. Okay, he's he's probably the only reason these awards stuff that we've done over the years have worked because he's the one that rifles through everything, gets it all prepared, sends it all off, and sometimes he screws it up. I know, but it, it is it is very a lot of work. And he was the one that would go through the emails and stuff when I wasn't around. He doesn't do it so much anymore, but for a while there, he he was doing the majority of the the busy work. And he did a good job with it. Now, there were screw-ups, 
which I'm sure Mike and Justin can attest to. Oh, yeah. Emails. Um, you know, there were there were times when I, you know, we needed something from him, and he was kind of. And, and this is not it, it, on the on the air. I would be like Jeff Tech. I need this, and I'd never get it. You know, but the bottom line is, I would say maybe eighty percent of the time, he handled what he had to handle. Um. Oh. What? Oh, I'm sure he's I'm sure he's hindering a lot. Oh, I'm sure he is. And you know, we joke. He's got, and he, he's got, he's got a full load on his plate. Well, I'm sure I'm sure that will be released very soon. Um, we laugh, we joke, and I know people get what we're saying. Okay, it's just I know. Okay, but um, he he's he's oh, he's an entertaining part of our show. It, it's you know I don't know I, I mentioned this before. If you listen to a lot of radio shows like Dan Patrick's show, like a lot of these radio shows over the years. They've always had this often mentioned but never really seen or heard from, although they are seen or heard from at times, Jeff Tack, just put, put, pointing that out. But, you know, they're mentioned but not, not often seen or heard. That person, technical person, producer, whatever, that the person, the host always talks about, like, oh, you know, what do you think of, oh, what's going on? Oh, did he call back? You know, you, you're always talking to that person. And that's kind of what Jeff Tech ended up being. I don't think he was supposed to be, but he, he did. And I remember it, it, it's a good thing we had, he had this hiatus this summer because if he didn't have it, I don't know if I would be quite used to the idea of not having him around because I kind of had to get used to the idea this summer that he wasn't going to be around anymore. So now I, I don't really call out to him too much <laughs> in the middle of the show. Um, but I do want, you know, we joke around, we play, we have fun and everything here, but he has done a lot for this show. He has been here since almost the beginning, a couple months after we started. Five years almost he's been here. And he didn't have to be, okay? I mean, none of nobody involved has to be. There's That's the thing. People kind of don't mention enough. And, wait, 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 you mean I don't actually have to be here? You mean I can just sign off right now? You could, yeah, isn't this, that? You mean I've been doing this this whole time for nothing? <laughs> We all, we all have, and some have spent more than others. Yes, Justin, I'm aware. Brian, I am literally this ready to kick you in the dick. I'm not even lying. Oh God. I am going to do it. It is going to happen. You go, you're oh. going to need some real good aim there. Yeah, okay. whatever you said. I'm so not anyway, um, he has done a lot. So I want to do take I do want to take the time to thank him for everything he's done, um, and to wish him well in his future endeavors. <laughs> and you know, you guys want to add anything? Although we've come to the end of <laughs> the road, still we can't let go. It's unnatural. You are our tech guy. Oh, there you go. And we are your zany show. I couldn't think of a better word other than zany. And I'm pretty sure this part's going to get muted. But I don't care. 
And then I got confused with this song and I'll Make Love To You, and I just think that would be totally inappropriate, not unlike Jeff Beck. So I'm just going to stick with End of the Road. I'd, I think we need more boys to men to describe this, this situation. This is, this is the end for now for Jeff Deckett. All the great moments we're going to miss, his endeavors, his odysseys, him royally screwing up the emails, him royally screwing up news updates, him never being there when it comes to us doing shows when Brian's out of town. This figment of Brian's imagination, this 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 long-standing titan. We, this we have now have to say goodbye. This is a sad moment, but it's not goodbye. It is farewell. It is until we meet again. So Jeff Tech, my parting words is that no, no Jeff Tech. It does not actually make your palms hairy if you keep doing it. Farewell. Farewell. Enjoy your hairy palms. Justin, you want to say something? Jeff Tech, in the limited time I've had the uh, known you, and in the next to no time I've actually had the opportunity to converse with you because for some reason, you never feel like you should interact with any of your other co-stars. Just Brian, you know. No, it's not like Mike and I are on here every so often. It's not like Mike hasn't been on here pretty much since the beginning. It's going to be different without you. And the one fear I have is with you gone, I am now going to be the target for both Brian and Mike, and I'm not ready for this. No, you won't. No, no, you aren't. Justin, Justin, butt monkey status reverts automatically to Brian. You you (laughs) should know this. You've known him for over 10 years. Yeah. I've literally known you guys for half my life. Yeah, that's pretty sad. <laughs> and but and you should know but monkey status reverts back to Brian after Jeff Tech leaves. This is the natural progression of life. Alright. And All right. I and I guess Jeff Tech didn't want to talk to us. He's too busy. Too busy I... making painting the walls and the ceiling white. He was too busy making sweet passionate love to robots and or monkeys and then getting impregnated by them. Alright, he has a he statement too... here so I want to read it. He was too busy having sex with them and getting impregnated by them. And then wait, having wait, Brian, you mean to tell me Jeff Tech made a statement on time? I think he's had well, it prepared for a couple of weeks. Was Remember, it he ordered? Just, he, he never told us when his goodbye was, so I think he kind of said that. He kind of decided that when he already realized he had his speech written. Just saying. Justin, Justin it, is, it is currently 1018. This This was not an early statement. No. I think he had plenty of time during the the informat the, during the uh, discussion of cinematic universes and Space Jam. <laughs> uh, no, he look he I mean he gave us a statement last week. I've been trying to badger him into coming on the show all week, actually more than all week for the last couple months. He he doesn't 
wanted to, whatever. Okay, he's got it here, so let me just read it so we can get done here. Um, to all my friends that are in the spotlight, it's been a glorious five years, and I was I was always hoping there would be many more. But unfortunately, as I've been stating for the last few months, I have to walk away from my full-time position with the show. We've had good times. We have bad times. We've had times that are sort of in between. But at the end of the day, I can actually walk away satisfied with the work that I've done, the work that I didn't do, which was a lot, and all the progress that we made. I never thought I'd see a podcast as simple as yours end up become as popular as it has. I'm very proud to see the progress that has been made and what you're about to embark on. And I wish you all well and everything you plan to do with the show. To the listeners, I know there are probably times where Brian got inundated with tons of emails referring to me as probably a figment of his imagination. Or is it really possible that somebody reads reads such an interesting and eccentric life as has been hinted at in regards to me? No. (laughs) Well, here's the honest to God truth. I am not a figment of anybody's imagination. I mean, seriously, could anybody be that creative? I am not an imaginary figure of any kind. I'm a real person with real feelings, real vices, real bad habits. I lead a very convoluted, complex, and pretty disgusting life. This is just the way it is. And because of these things, that's why I've chosen to remain anonymous. That's why I've chosen to not have my voice heard and to not be more of an active part on this show beyond what I've been able to do for the last five years. That might not satisfy many, but quite frankly, I don't care. I know who I am. I know what I've done. I know what I'm trying to do. I know I'm getting better. And I know that me walking away while difficult is the right thing for me to do. So to those listeners out there that want more, I'm sorry. To those that enjoyed my presence, very limited as it was, thank you. And thank you for listening to the show all these years. So again, I wish the show well in all of its future endeavors. And I will be seeing you all or hearing you all along the way. Yours truly, Jeffrey Tech. Jeffrey Tech, I like that. So, very punctual, Jeff Tech. You waited to the last night to actually be on time with something. I'm very impressed. Very impressed. All right. So let me leave it, leave that like that, and let's end the show. As always, you can continue to have your voice heard, contribute to the show with feedback, questions, 
reactions, comments, topic ideas, breaking news items. If you have questions about the show or scheduling, any of those things, we got a transition coming up to a new setup. You might want to be asking about that. Whatever the case, you can email us, you can Facebook us, you can tweet us, you can email us at ITSpotlight411 at gmail.com. And ITSpotlight411 at gmail.com. You can follow us and tweet us at ITSpotlight411. Again, it's at ITSpotlight411. You got two hashtags used on Twitter hashtag ITSpotlight411 or hashtag ITS5 to represent our fifth anniversary. You can follow us on Facebook by searching for us um, using the title in the, in the Spotlight 411. And then once you find our page, like our page, and go ahead and post whatever it is you like to post. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter for the latest show information, especially as it relates to scheduling. You can also consult our, for right now, you can consult our TalkShoe main show page. You can find us on TalkShoe using our old full title in the Spotlight of Brian Garner. You can also use that on Libsyn and on Blog Talk Radio as well to search for us on any of those pages. On TalkShoe, you'll have access to all the episodes since our move to TalkShoe in the episode archive at the bottom of the page or order from the most recent date to the oldest. Most recent episode can also be found in the most recent episode box in the top right-hand corner of the page. Obviously, that TalkShoe show page can help you with scheduling or catching up on any shows or figuring out if you missed any shows. Um, you can also check us out on our second home for right now because that will be ending in a few weeks, LibsIn.com. You can find all of our most recent episodes in order from their most recent date to the oldest. They're all labeled for you. Just like that on TalkShoe. So you can check us out on our second home lives in as well for right now. In a couple of weeks, that will no longer be there. Um, so we'll be consolidating all episodes to one place. Um, you can also, again, as I mentioned, Blog Talk Radio, as I've been mentioning. Blog Talk Radio, if you want to listen to any of our original episodes, the first ever 31 episodes of our show are on Blog Talk Radio. Just search for us, again, with the old show title in the spotlight of Brian Garner. And then once you find us on there, scroll down, you'll find uh, those 31 original episodes, those first 31 episodes of our show on our old show page at the bottom of the page in order from the most recent date to the oldest. They're labeled for you, so if you're interested in checking those out, either because you're nostalgic about our fifth anniversary or if you've never seen them, listened to them before, whatever the case may be, check those out on there on blogtalkradio.com. There's also iTunes. Mike, you want to mention that? iTunes. Search for In the Spotlight with Brian Gardner. Once you're there, you should find exactly one episode. But if you click on that one episode, it is like a gateway, a magical gateway to the rest of our episodes. Um, once you find them, subscribe to the feed so you can get all those episodes and new ones automatically downloaded to your iTunes folder. So there you go. Search in the Spotlight with Brian Gardner. Thank you. Or IT or whatever the show's going to be called. I don't know. I haven't been Okay. Attention. Um... I want to, as always, thank Justin for being here. Thank you, Justin. Um, thank you for having me on and allowing me to derail this show more than usual. Yay! I want to uh, thank Mike for being here tonight. Thank you, Mike. And thank you, Jeff Tech. Thank you for all of your hard work, your effort. And for screwing up those emails, thanks, pal. <laughs> thanks for being a technical for, for the technical support for every show other than the ones I've hosted. Thanks. You know what's also funny? The, Go ahead. What? I feel like he used to say at the end of this, "Are you satisfied with your care?" <laughs> yes, and the answer is no. 
we we probably need more more adventures and more experiences. But the answer is, uh, eh. <laughs> I want but, to thank. But we do wish the best for him in the end. Yes, I want to thank myself for our grace. I pay myself out back and thank all of you for your continued support and contributions to the show. Thank you so much for listening. I saved Jeff Tech for last because this is it. Um, hopefully he'll be back with us at, at times. Um, and so any mail that you all want to send, like, you know, goodbyes and stuff like that, I will make sure I pass on to him. Um, I, I imagine we still will chat from time to time. So that will, I will make sure to pass any mail I get from all of you on to him if you'd like to send anything. So, all right. So this is it. Um, we wish Jeff Tech well. Good luck, buddy. And we are done for tonight. We do have a show tomorrow. Um, the, for, the show formerly known is In the Spotlight Football Fire. Now the In the Spotlight Football Blitz will be coming at you tomorrow. Um, right now, the tentative time, folks, is 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. So that's the time as of right now. If it becomes an earlier time or a later time, I'll be sure to let you know. You're going to have to want Stay tuned to Facebook and Twitter. You can check the Talk Show page if you want, but I wouldn't advise it because, again, we're trying we're going to try to do it on a new setup tomorrow. But, you know, if you want to stay tuned to Talk Show in case we end up having to use Talk Show because that's our backup plan, feel free to check the page regularly during the day and keep your hitting refresh. But Facebook and Twitter is going to be the best source of information about what happens with the football show tomorrow. So, so we'll be talking, obviously, about Thursday night football, Looking ahead of this week, looking back at last week, college football, all that good stuff on tomorrow's show. And then if all goes well with the, the new setup, we'll be doing our shows from our new setup, Google Hangouts, YouTube, and then obviously storing on Podbean, an archive. Of course, we'll still be on iTunes as well. We'll be, still, we'll be doing all that next week, and we have some good stuff planned for next week, which I'm not going to talk about because I want you all to be surprised. Um, and plus, it's going to be kind of like a – feel our way through next week kind of week. You know, we're going to try to get used to everything, so we don't want to do too much. But there's going to be some new features, some cool stuff. You're going to love it. So that's what's on tap. I hope you all have a great rest of your night. We'll see you, see you back here tomorrow for the In the Spotlight Football Blitz. Again, right now, tentative time, 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. We'll be on our Google Hangouts with our link to on Facebook and Twitter. Um, so stay tuned to Facebook and Twitter for updates. Until then, have a good night, everybody.